Last week, I talked about igniting your creative spark and wanted to do my follow-up show, Sustaining the Fire of Genius, but with everything that is happening right now with COVID-19, I wanted to share some excellent and relevant opportunities that you can tap into right now, as well as thoughts or insights on what I use as my crisis survival guide. First, if you're a furloughed or unemployed and want to take advantage of what is going on within the local manufacturing sector, who are literally pivoting as I speak to help with the COVID-19 crisis, it's imperative that you activate your current skill sets to become part of the solution to solve some of our nation's immediate needs. For example, If you're an experienced slot machine operator laid off from a casino, you could very easily step into a job at Hamilton Medical Inc., located here in Reno, Nevada, who needs at least 150 people to help with the manufacturing, technical assistance, fabrication, or assembly as they create the necessary ventilators to send to our nation's hospitals. Manufacturing and our ability to keep these companies producing is critical right now. What a fabulous opportunity for those that realize the game has changed. We are in a new dimension, and the ability to move away from menial jobs into well-paying jobs is now. The programs and initiatives in the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act the CARES Act, that was passed by Congress intended to assist business owners with whatever needs they are experiencing right now. The U.S. Small Business Administration has increased efforts to alleviate the hardship experienced by small businesses by offering several loan options. The Economic Injury Disaster Loan, the Paycheck Protection Program, and the SBA Debt Relief Program. All businesses that have less than 500 employees and have been affected by COVID-19 should be looking at two SBA loan programs immediately. The first is the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. This is the primary loan offered by the SBA and allows qualifying entities to borrow up to $2 million at 3.75% interest for small businesses and 2.75% interest for nonprofit organizations with terms up to 30 years. This loan also allows small businesses the opportunity for a $10,000 quick infusion advance. This advance will provide economic relief to businesses that are currently experiencing a loss of revenue. Funds will be made available within three days of a successful application. This loan advance will not have to be repaid regardless of the approval of the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. The loan funds may be used to pay fixed debts, payroll, accounts payable, and other bills that could have been paid had the disaster not occurred. This loan is not intended to replace lost sales or profits or for expansion. This is perfect for every restaurant owner, bar, retail shop owner, hair salon, anyone whose revenue immediately ceased because they had to shut down. You can apply for this loan at sba.gov. Make sure you select the Economic Injury Disaster Loan in the yellow bar across the top of the website. There is a big click here. If you are a business that still has employees, whether on-site or working remotely, then you want to take advantage of the Paycheck Protection Program. 
This loan will be available through any lending institution that is approved to participate in the program through the existing U.S. Small Business Administration SBA 7A lending program and additional lenders approved by the Department of Treasury. This could be the bank you already use, a nearby community bank, or a credit union. The Paycheck Protection Program provides small businesses with a half a percent interest loan to pay up to eight weeks of payroll costs, 100% federally guaranteed through SBA local lenders. Payroll costs include all costs of an employee, salary or wages, commissions, bonuses, health insurance, retirement contributions, local and state payroll taxes, but cannot be used to compensate anyone in excess of an annualized salary of 100000 per year or those residing outside the U.S. or if already getting reimbursed for paid sick family leave under the Act passed two weeks ago. The Paycheck Protection Program funds can also be used to pay interest on mortgages, utilities, and rent. The maximum loan size is 250% of average monthly payroll. For example, if your payroll runs about $20,000 per month, then you would be able to apply for a $50,000 loan. This loan will be forgiven if staff and payroll are maintained. At least 75% of the forgiven amount must have been used for payroll. The loans for small businesses and sole proprietors are available now, and starting April 10th, independent contractors and self-employed individuals can apply. If you are a business that already has an SBA loan, then you can apply for the Small Business Debt Relief Program, which means that the SBA will cover all payments on existing non-disaster SBA loans, including principal, interest, and fees for six months. This relief will also be available to borrowers who take out SBA loans within six months of March 27, 2020. Please note that you cannot double dip. That means that if you get an economic injury disaster loan, you cannot also go for the Paycheck Protection Program. The key is to figure out which loan program is going to help you the most so that you can stay in business. If you are an organization that is still generating revenue, then the Payroll Protection Program might be the right choice so that you can retain your existing employees. And please be wary of scammers during this time. I have heard of people wanting to charge people to complete the forms. That is illegal. The SBA will not ask for money to complete a loan application and will not ask for personal information through an email. Everything is done through their secure online portal. For information, please go to sba.gov. During this crisis, your priorities and focus must shift from strategic to tactical. Think about an emergency room in a hospital. There are only two strategic outcomes. Keep the patient alive and stabilize the vital signs. Everything else is tactical. Things like keeping the heart beating, stopping the bleeding, and keeping oxygen flowing so that you support the primary objective of keeping the patient alive. In fact, if you take this analogy one step further, the monitors and machines hooked up to the patient are all intended to measure the things that, if they go wrong, could mean losing the patient. 
in an emergency room. They're not measuring your cholesterol or body mass index because those things don't matter in the larger scheme of things. They only want to know what is necessary so that they can take appropriate action. The goal right now is to keep your business alive and get it stabilized as quickly as possible. Keeping a business alive requires cash. The easiest thing to do right now would be to assume the problem is the pandemic or the government's response to the pandemic or Wall Street's reaction to the government's response to the pandemic. The reality is that none of these are the real problem. Each of these are predicaments, or said another way, a state of the environment. A problem is something that can be solved, and none of us can solve any of these predicaments. Individually, we can each do our part by being the best citizen we can today by adhering to the CDC's protocols to show that we care about the well-being of everyone in our community. The real problem for us as business owners is how do we save our business? How do we respond to this environment of the virus and the quarantines and Wall Street and our economy seizing up by stabilizing our business in a way that gives us better than even odds that we will live to fight another day once this crisis has passed? The key is to focus on the problem you can solve. If you had an underlying health condition prior to this virus, your ability to deal with this health crisis is compromised. The same is true with your business. If you have too much debt or revenues were unstable or you've been carrying around some excess weight in the form of too many fixed expenses or were doing a lot of personal spending or you were light on cash reserves relative to your cash flow or if cash flow has been weak or negative prior to this crisis, then your ability to weather this storm financially has been compromised and you are at extreme risk and the adjustments you will need to make will be severe. After this quick break, I'm going to share some insights that I have learned from crisis in the past and also from one of my mentors, Keith Cunningham, author of The Road Less Stupid, to guide you in your thinking and planning as you navigate and survive this pandemic. I'll be right back. Sage International Incorporated helps you start your business and provides the ongoing support, information, and education to make sure you stay in business. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry Hill, the Wealth Protection Diva, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515. Or visit sageintl.com. All Hours Air makes it their priority to assure your home or office provides warmth in the fall and winter months and cooling in spring and summer. All Hours Air repairs and services air conditioning, furnaces, and water heaters. All makes and models. All Hours Air is the highest rated heating and air repair in the Reno Sparks area with 24-hour emergency service day or night. When you're in need of an affordable and honest contractor for your home or business, choose All Hours Air for the best results every time. With evolving brands and materials, All Hours Air offers customers an excellent selection of products to make your home home or work environment comfortable all hours air at 395 freeport boulevard suite 12 or call 376-9890 that's 376-9890 all hours air all hours air 
License number 77009. As most of us know, this is not business as usual. Our 2020 strategic plans, budgets, and visions of growth or expansion have suddenly been thrown out the window. Survival and stability are the new objectives. As a business owner who has survived September 11th, the 2008 financial meltdown, and now facing the coronavirus pandemic just like you, I would like to share some thoughts, ideas, and insights about what I have done in the past or may be focusing on right now. First, we must face reality. Whatever the environment is when you hear this, imagine that environment, or worse, for three to six months. As of today, many cities, states, and entire nations are in mandatory lockdown mode with more to come, and the effects will linger long after the original crisis is resolved. One of the biggest problems we all face is not knowing how long this will last. Rather than assuming extremes like forever or a couple of days, neither of which are very realistic, you should be assuming it will be long enough to cause you to make radical changes to your expense structure and cash burn rate. An example might be three to six months. Maybe we will get lucky and it will be less. Maybe we won't get lucky, in which case we will need more expense reductions, additional sources of cash, or face the harsh reality of closing down our business. Second, I always start by preparing and using a rolling 13-week cash forecast. This one tool is possibly the most important one you can master to maximize likelihood of survival. If you would like me to send you a link to the 13-week cash forecast Excel spreadsheet, Sherry at sageintl.com. Next, you have to work out a detailed specific plan on expenses considering your current cash balances, cash flow, and realistic anticipated revenue. The goal is to make the decisions to get to cash neutral as quickly as possible. While there are always a few exceptions to every rule, during a crisis, a business's goal is not wealth creation, but rather loss avoidance. The few businesses that can pursue wealth creation strategies in this crisis are businesses that have an abundance of cash and cash flow. Please note, not all progress is measured by ground gained. Sometimes progress is measured by losses avoided. We are in a losses avoided climate, and that means break even and cash neutral is gold. I have found the most valuable projection is based on a slightly pessimistic version of what you think is probably realistic with triggers and milestones that cause additional adjustments or cuts to expenses if required. The key is a plan that is flexible and can be ratcheted or scaled to accommodate revenue or cash flow surprises. Knowing what adjustments are required if it turns out revenue or cash flow is off by 20% is critical to a realistic and flexible plan. When bad things happen, the speed, accuracy, and clarity of your response is vital. Be anticipatory versus relying on your reflexes to react fast enough to all the curveballs being thrown in your direction. Since we don't know what will happen, for some of you, it will pay to think about a plan for phased expense cuts. Sometimes you can afford to carry a loss for a while if you have a reserve and choose to invest your capital now. 
On the other hand, for many people, it will make more sense to get ahead of the curve now and not try to play catch up later. You must use your best judgment about your specific situation, but every day you delay adjusting your burn rate is cash that is vaporized forever. Extreme frugality is the new mantra. Minimize expenses fast. Cut fat, then muscle, but be careful about the bone. Shedding a few excess pounds is very different from managing a broken leg. Most businesses are carrying around some excess weight that can easily be whacked. On the other hand, if you break your leg, you know you will be in a cast six to eight weeks. When the cast is removed, the muscles have atrophied. A month or so later, with a little bit of rehab, your leg is just like new. But if your strategy for weight loss is to amputate your leg, you will limp for the rest of your life. You must be thoughtful about your decisions. Often, the bones of a business are probably a few key employees. So, here is the critical question. Who in your organization is the bone? Who are the people that if you lost them, result in your business limping after this crisis is over? The hardest expense to deal with is payroll, which for most businesses is the largest single expense on their financial statements. The temptation is to envision what we will need when the crisis abates and the recovery begins and staff to that mythical level. The other impulse is to fund everyone as long as possible or to enact an across-the-board 25% reduction in wages. In my experience, wages need to get aligned with current revenue. This will involve some hard decisions and, sadly, serious cuts. When the recovery begins, start hiring again. And hopefully, the people you had to let go or furlough are probably the same people you will rehire when the crisis is over. So be thoughtful about your conversations and generosity if you must push the pause button with some of your team. Find and retain your A players, the bones of your business, the ones that are truly critical to keeping the doors open, either now or in the future, and protect them. This is not about how do we maintain a workforce, but rather, how do we survive? During bad times, break-even is a win. I will remind you again, once the money is spent, it is gone forever. If you are a business owner that has been starving your business so you can afford your lifestyle, you have written yourself a prescription for an anemic business. Whack personal expenses as much as possible. Be aggressive with this. Start now. Money borrowed to stay alive is money that must be repaid out of future earnings, whether an SBA loan, maximizing your credit cards, or overextending credit with your suppliers. Just remember, there is no free lunch. It's less expensive and painful to tighten your belt now than paying the tab tomorrow. In a financial crisis, growth will not bail you out. This is not about adding new customers. It is about survival. This is a critical point. The problem we face is, how do we survive? How do we stabilize? How do we break even? How can we preserve our cash to be able to make it one extra month or quarter if need be? How do we minimize the mortgaging of our future by being aggressively frugal today? I also know that silence erodes trust. 
Communication with your team, lenders, vendors, suppliers, landlord, and family is key. In a crisis, more is better than less, while none is permanently damaging. Everyone who touches your business is nervous. They're nervous about their jobs, their accounts receivable from you, your ability to make your next payment, or this month's rent. You don't have to have all the answers, but you do need to be honest about the situation. They want and deserve the truth. They want to know you are working on it, and they want to know that you care. If you need to ask for a temporary moratorium on payments to your landlord or lender, start talking with them immediately. There may be consequences, but better to know what they'll be so you can include them in your planning or decision-making today. Also, let me say, the single biggest mistake you can make right now is to freeze. It's important to ride out this crisis with some forethought and a plan, as best a plan as you can make, and communicate it frequently, candidly, and caringly. The plan may change a dozen times, but you will at least have forward movement, not the helplessness that comes from standing still, not knowing how to proceed. Another recommendation, as painful as it may be, is it's time to pay close attention to the decisions you made previously that impacted how this crisis is currently affecting you. Anytime there is a mistake or loss, it is critical to understand what you either did or didn't do that might have exacerbated the pain or ignited the problem. The key is to convert the pain of the loss into the gain of an education. Create a detailed bullet point list of all the things you know now that if you had known them before would have made a material difference in the possible prevention or minimization of the impact of this crisis. It totally changes your way of thinking about what has happened. If you don't learn the lesson this time, you are doomed to repeat it. As a business owner, your focus is to work on softening the disaster's effects, to recover, and to work into a better situation. Believe the old adage, turn your stumbling blocks into stepping stones. I encourage you to clear the cobwebs. To decide objectively where you want to go, you must be able to think clearly. And of course, that's no easy task when your business is collapsing. Panic and confusion are normal when your business goes bad, but you will get over your confused thinking more quickly if you learn how to clear your head so you can think straight. First, avoid negative thoughts. Negative thinking spawns emotional decisions, which are usually irrational decisions. Many of us have realized that life's most important decisions are not always made under the best circumstances. Still, you must make objective, critical business decisions while you are shell-shocked from fighting everything and everyone. The Army calls it combat fatigue, and it's been proven that rest and recreation are the only remedies. I learned during the 2008 financial meltdown that your net worth is not attached to your self-worth. Don't overplay your mistakes or turn this into a blame game upon yourself. Think about everything you have done and everything you are doing right now that is right. Self-confidence is believing and having faith in yourself that you will stay the course, make the best decisions possible, and do everything that you can do to get yourself, your family, and your team through the struggle of today. 
Your future depends on your attitude. There's something more than abilities and competence that makes for accomplishment. This linkage factor catalyst is found in one word, attitude. When our attitude is right, our abilities reach a maximum of effectiveness and good results inevitably follow. If you think you have a business worth fighting for, then roll up your sleeves and sharpen your survival instincts. Survivors must reshape their business from what it is to what it must become. Innovation creates new policies and procedures and new ways of conducting business, which means improvising and juggling to compensate for chronic shortages everywhere. Survivors unshackle themselves from tradition when traditional procedures no longer work. Innovation makes your business work with the resources you have, not the resources you need. It is precisely in those moments of strife, struggle, and failure when you've been knocked flat on your butt and you are staring up wondering what to do next that the true achievers are born. Martin Luther King Jr. put it this way, The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge. It is only when we are face-to-face with those challenges, only when we are knocked down, that we can choose to separate ourselves from the herd of mediocrity and join instead those who, despite the fear, pain, and struggle, get back up off the mat before the 10 count and eventually win. Remind yourself to breathe, be gentle with yourself and others, and do everything you can to find peace in this frantic world. I have learned that there is only one certainty in business. You can't succeed if you quit. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. My thoughts and prayers are with all of you. Thank you for listening to The Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified.